This is the Influencers Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries in Bentonville, Arkansas. And uh, I'm back with uh, part two of my interview with the Sewell couple. Uh, You got to hear uh, Regina last week, and this week we're interviewing her husband, Mark Sewell. Welcome, Mark. Thank you. Mark's uh, the president of our board, our global board, and he and I have been involved in leadership for several years together, uh, volunteering, helping out, even, even before I came on. As staff, so we've done a lot of life together and yeah. journeying together. We've seen a lot of things. So, uh, so I wanted you guys to get to know Mark a little bit and uh, hear his heart. Uh, Mark, tell him what you do for a living. Uh, my wife and I are both chiropractors in Springdale, Arkansas. Okay, been in practice for twenty-one years now. Twenty-one years. Okay, yes. and uh, that's become your, one of your platforms for ministry, right? Uh, yeah, that's my captive audience. Once they're on the table, they have a hard time escaping. <laughs> so they have to hear me tell them about uh, the journey. And they're already weakened in their body a little bit. It, so exactly. they're, they're more receptive. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You've got a, a captive audience. That's good. Yep. So, uh, so Mark, we heard Regina's story a little bit about uh, finding out about it through you going through it first. So mm-hmm. tell a little bit about your story, about how you found out about the journey and, and where you were. Yeah beforehand and what it did for you. Well, it's kind of funny because, you know, Regina ended up going through the journey from me influencing her, but it was her influence that really drove me to wanting the journey. Um, And the reason why is because I would go to men's ministries. Every one of them that at any church we ever went to, I was the first one there. In fact, at um, one church, they'd kind of just turned the men's ministry over to me because I was the most faithful one. I'd get there and make sure the donuts were set out and the coffee was set out. And uh, so they gave me a key and, you know, had me lock the doors up and everything. And so I was going through these men's ministries and like Regina said last week, she was always a great self-feeder of not just filling in the blank when she would do a women's study, she would go find more. Well, I wasn't that way. I would just fill in the blank. But even in that, I found most of the men's ministries I was involved with, it was always working with my horizontal relationships, just trying to tell me how to be a better husband and be a better father and those things. And and I kept showing up to these things because Regina had challenged me. You know, our boys were starting to get older, and she would had challenged me to start discipling our kids. And I'll tell you, that scared me because hmm. I had no idea what a disciple was. I didn't even know where to start. And the truth of the matter was, was, you know, my kids were very active in our their Sunday school classes and in, um, you know, Christian school. And they really knew more scripture than I did. So for Regina to tell me, I need you or we need you to disciple the, our boys scared me. I had no idea what that was. And so, I've you know, like I said, I was going through these men's ministries and just really getting discouraged um, because I didn't feel like I was getting to know God anymore. And there wasn't a whole lot of scripture mixed in with our meetings. There wasn't any outside assignments. It was just show up, fill in the blank as we watch this video and go home. Um, and so I finished the last one and I 
I'll never forget, I was in the parking lot of the church, and I was the only one there that morning. Everyone else had left. And I just looked up to heaven, and I said, Lord, if this is a men's ministry, I am never doing another one. Hmm. So I went home that evening, and I asked Regina, I said, if you were going to do one women's study, which one's the best one you've ever done? And she had done a bunch of Beth Moore studies, and she said, oh, the best one is A Woman's Heart, God's Dwelling Place. And I thought, seriously, it couldn't be, you know, the book of John or the one about Jesus or any of these. It has to be a woman's heart. So I didn't want to ask another question because I didn't want her to know I was really going to purchase this thing. Was my For plan. yourself. For myself. <laughs> so um, I, that morning, I the next morning, I decided at lunchtime, I'm going to go buy a woman's heart, God's dwelling place. And I was going to see what that looked like <laughs> and uh, see if I could convert it to a men's ministry, I guess. But um, at right before lunch that day, a gentleman walked into my office that I went to church with. And we started talking. And he said, hey, hold on a second. I need to go get something. He walked out to his car and came back in and handed me this little book. And he said, hey, we're going to have a book review on this next week. Would you come and join us? And so I said, sure, what's it about? He goes, I really don't know. He said, but just read the first half of this book and show up. So at lunch, instead of going to the, the Christian bookstore, I just went out or went and sat down and started reading that book. And that book was The Journey of the Inner Chamber. Hmm. And I remember getting, you know, halfway through that first section or so and just sitting it down and just knowing that God had brought that into my life that day. Didn't know what it was. Didn't know there was a nine-month study that followed. All I knew was I found myself in the story, mm. and or where I thought I was in the story, actually. And I, I realized that there was some place that this was going that I wanted to be, but I didn't know how to get there. So I just said, Lord, if this is what you're wanting me to do, I'm all in. Just let's do this. And so... We did the book review, and then I started going through the journey on my own. I, I started in that journey group um, with those guys from that group. Okay. And so tell me what happened. All right. So, um, like I said, I was biblically illiterate. Hmm. I did not know that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were the Gospels. I, I went to church, but... I never had really Sunday school classes. I didn't know the minor stories or the major stories of the Bible, really. Mm -hmm. Um, And every time I tried to read the Word, it would just almost just put me to sleep. So I I didn't know it. And I was embarrassed by that. And so I start going through this journey. And we spend those first three months establishing our faith is what I say of getting that God knows, God cares, God's willing, and God's able, and reading scriptures of these these attributes of God and who He is and what He wants in our life. And so I'm, you know, journaling scripture, and it was hard at first. I, I didn't like the journaling. But I remember just showing up at those groups and these guys reading out of their journal, and I just kept thinking, man, if God can speak to them, He'll speak to me. Mm-hmm. So I just kept doing it. And then it was like the lights just kind of started flickering. You know, I started seeing something happening. And like Regina talked about, um, I was away on that first, first extended prayer time. And uh, 
I'll never forget. I was out in the middle of this field, and they told me, you know, take your journal, take your Bible, go out, pray for four hours, and come back and tell us what God taught you. And it was just an eye-opening experience. Um, one of those Ebenezer's in my life that I'll always look back to because I realized at that point I didn't know Jesus. I knew about him from other people, but I didn't have that personal relationship with him. And I didn't love him because I didn't know him. I really didn't. I, there's no way to really truly love someone you didn't know. Mm. And so I repented out in that field that day. And that's when I really feel like I fell in love with Jesus that day for the first time. Mm. You know, it wasn't just going back to going to church and just thinking I was good. It was, this is a, a the, the, my father, the God of the universe, Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, who wanted this intimate relationship with me. Mm. And I'll never forget in that time, you know, that very first day that we had our first meeting and my journey guide read this statement. And I, it was the first thing I wrote in my journal. And it said, experience trumps theory. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea what that meant when I first read that. But as I went back and saw that, I realized that that's what it was. I had never had an experience with God. It was always going off of Regina's experience or, you know, my pastor's experience. But I never had an experience with God myself intimately until that day. Mm. And that's when I, you know, I, I started to fall in love with him because I got to know him. Mm. And it was through reading his word and that word coming alive in me mm. that I, you know, ex that relationship started that day. Mm. And I guess he just kept building on it the rest of the six, the next six months. I oh guess. yeah, and, and you know I just I, I'll never forget of I was talking to one of the guys that was in our group with me, and he was pretty quiet. He was more quiet than I was, but I was the second most quiet guy in that group. And we were talking one time once we got close to the end, we felt like the Lord was leading both of us to start journey groups, and we thought, you know, if somebody would have told us at the front end that we'd been leading journey groups, we probably would have never done this, you know. <laughs> um, it, but, you know, I started just making a list of guys, and I started writing their names down when the Lord would lay their name on my heart, and I'd write it on the inside cover of my journal. And I had a whole list of guys that, you know, I just felt like the Lord was telling me, this guy needs this, this guy needs this. And started, I started praying for those guys, and... One of the guys just, when I told him that I wanted him to be a part of it, he just was that guy that just kept encouraging me. Okay, when are we going to start? And I'm like, I'm not done with my journey group. Let me finish and then we'll see how it's going to work. And he just kept after me, called me about every other week. Are we starting next week? And I'm like, no, not yet. I'm not done, you know. But um, anyway, so I went off and started leading my first journey group. And I'll tell you, Brian, that scared me. I... You know, when you do the spiritual gifts test, and I, I think I had a minus 10 on the gift of teaching. <laughs> and that's why I thought I I could never teach a Bible study. I couldn't do these things. Um, but to guide somebody, that was easy because yeah. I, I just felt like, okay, I've been down this path. 
I know where this, how we get to this end deal. I can guide somebody. And, um, and the gift of teaching can sometimes be a hindrance oh, to being absolutely. a good guide because yeah. you want to talk all the time. Exactly. Yeah. And I didn't want to talk at all. I remember <laughs> the first time I led a group, um, I messed up on one of the words reading it out of the book. And I, I thought, I'm never, I'm not doing this. I'm canceling this group next week because <laughs> they, you know, started laughing at me in the group and I was so embarrassed. And, but, you know, that was, uh, a long time ago, and I've led, um, I think, 18 groups now. I've been a part of 19, and I always say I, I always want to be a part of the group. I love leading journey groups because I love discipling men and just getting them into that intimate abiding relationship. And, you know, and then what I saw, just like Regina talked about, it just started changing our marriage. You know, you, we used to do all of these things that we felt were, you know, necessary to have a good marriage. And they were good things. You know, we would read books together and um, we would, you know, try to go to a marriage retreat at least once a year. And and those were all good things. But it was kind of like Promise Keepers. I, I, I heard you talk about that. It was great when you went and for a couple weeks you're real excited and you started implementing those things, but then you just kind of faded back into that routine of life. Mm -hmm. And that's just the difference between the journey when you're uh, when you've been taught to abide in Jesus Christ is the number one thing you have to do, and your wife is doing that and you're doing this together. We became closer than we've ever been before, and I think both of us would say. Our favorite thing to ever do is just spend time just talking about the Lord and what the Lord's taught us. And, you know, Regina teaches me stuff all the all the time. And just like last week, there was a thing she was telling me about. And I'd woke up real early that morning, could barely keep my eyes awake or open when she was telling me this. And I'm like, okay, yeah, okay. And then the next morning, I went to the Word, and the Lord just started downloading some stuff to me. And I had to text her and say, write out what you were telling me last night because it corresponds to what I've got today. But I was so tired, I couldn't understand what you were saying last <laughs> night. you know. But I love that, that fact that my wife, who I know abides with Jesus Christ, we just get to you know encourage one another on a daily basis to, to go deeper, to have more intimacy with Christ. And... And it's definitely changed the way we parent our children. We, you know, had the joy of leading our boys through the journey last year with 10 other teenage kids from 13 to 17. And we were blown away. I mean, we'd come out of these meetings and just talk about, you know, what these young kids had wrote in their journals. And we're going, this works for kids, too. And how old were your boys, by the way, when you did that? 14, they started out at 13 and 16 is where they were and ended up at 14 and 17, Okay, you know, um, when our group was over. Yeah, and you've told me there was even profound things that these kids are writing in their journals. Absolutely. I mean, there were things that I heard from, you know, some 13-year-old boys in that group that would embarrass most men in that group <laughs> if they sat there and, you know, read out of their journal compared to what these young men were saying. It wow. was awesome. 
it really it reminds me of Jesus being at the temple teaching the elders yeah, and all that. You know, I mean, exactly. I mean, and you know, the same the Lord, same Lord can download stuff to younger yeah kids. You know, wow. Well, I, and they don't have all the baggage. And you True. know, I, I heard Rocky talk about one time the religious rut, and that has just stayed in my mind so much. And and that was me for so long. I was in that religious rut, and man, it took a long time to get me out of that. And it wasn't until the truth was revealed that I got that. But, you know, as we look at that that table, you know, right across the drawbridge, when they walk across together and they want to go partake of those sweets, that re- those religious systems. And these kids, I just look at them and I think they know the truth. They'll never, as long as they abide in that truth, they'll never fall into that religious rut. That so many of us, you know, fell into and took so long to get out of. Mm. Well, and so you've led 18, 19 groups or whatever. And, and so you must have been doubling up a few years in yeah. order to <laughs> at, achieve that. At times I was re- leading three at a time at one time. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, what I like to think about is years ago when they were telling us about the journey in Tulsa, when I was thinking about when Rocky and Paul DeBell and some of the founders came over, um, they were talking about having a spiritual family tree, uh-huh. you know, and, and so out of those 19 groups, that represents maybe 200 men or something, yeah. and some women, probably if you did couples groups. Yeah. So. And I know you, as much as anybody, you view those people as your kids, almost like you're, yeah. and some are older than you, doesn't matter the age, mm-hmm. but you you take responsibility for those people yeah. and you you take pride in that in your yeah. family tree, don't you? Well, God just showed me one time um, as I was doing an extended prayer time that as our as a guide, we become a spiritual father. Yeah, yeah. And these are our kids, and we're responsible for their spiritual growth. And scared me at first, but then I thought, wow, what a joy that we get to, you know, lead these people and mentor them and direct them and show them Jesus. And you know, Brian, I think you and I are both very fortunate that we've had. Rocky is one of our spiritual fathers. That's right. You know, I've always just looked back at that and just have just thanked God so many times over the years that he came beside me, you know, and encouraged me and, you know, poured his love into me. And I had a great dad um, growing up. He was always there, you know, just a, a great man that loved me and cared for me, but he didn't, you know, really direct me in that spiritual aspect because um, no one had ever done that for him. Yeah. And, um, but, you know, we've been blessed to have Rocky as our spiritual father. And, you know, he's had to correct both of us at times, I know, over the years, and uh, <laughs> that's part of it. But, yeah, the joy of Taking having Taking us to that. the woodshed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, just to be a spiritual father to men is just such a joy. And, um, you know, I, I love being a dad. I, I really do. It's one of my greatest joys is being a dad. But then also, you know, being a, a father to these other guys that just go through the journey. And, you know, I think back to the oldest gentleman I had in one of my journey groups. And I'll never forget him looking at me on that. Uh, you know, we just started going through it and he was just starting to self-feed and, you know, making getting some momentum in it. And he was a the sweetest man, just a kind man, gentle. 
And he starts pounding on the table with his finger, and he's looking at me. He says, I have a question for you. And he's angry. I mean, really angry. And I said, <laughs> okay. And he said, I want to know how come I'm just now getting this. I'm in my 80s, and I'm just now receiving this. Mm. Why is this happening? Mm. He said, I've been in church my whole life, and no one's ever taught me this. Mm. And I just started smirking, and I could tell my smirk and smile was kind of annoying him. So finally, I, I let him finish going on his rant, and I just asked him a question. I said, I said, sir, do you uh, ever watch any sports? He said, yeah. I said, you ever seen a game one in the fourth quarter? He goes, oh, yeah. I said, are you in the fourth quarter of life? Well, yeah. I said, game's not over. <laughs> And, you know, just even that of getting to lead someone that that's old, that was that old to that intimate abiding relationship, what joy comes from that? There's no greater joy on this earth, I don't think. Mm. You know, there's a, there's a scripture, and I couldn't give you the exact reference, but it's in Corinthians. It says, for you have 10,000 guardians in Christ, but not many fathers. Mm. And, and, I, and I've been feeling the same thing that you feel. He's telling me to grow up, you know, and I think that's what happens when you go through the journey. He starts growing you up where you can be a spiritual father, Mm -hmm. because if you don't get it yourself, you have nothing to give anyone else. But once we start growing, maturing, the next step is for him to use us to help others, you know, become that spiritual father. Yeah. And that's how this whole ministry was birthed with Rocky, even you know, is just he's been the spiritual fathers to all those other men that started this this process and. They're just handing the baton over to us now, which is pretty fun. So so you've been uh, on the board for several years, and before that, he had a, a cabinet. He called it the cabinet that you we and I We didn't know what we were. We didn't know what we were. We were <laughs> he said, I want, don't want you guys worrying about money or anything yeah. like that. I just want you being uh, free to follow the Spirit and help, yeah. help advise the ministry on what the Spirit's doing. And yeah. we got to bring our creative talents or whatever. But So what do you, what do you, what's your observation of the state of the ministry and what God's doing right now? Oh. It is exciting. Um, I always like to sit in this chair right here in the global office because I like to look over at this map that's on the wall and just get to see all of these little green and blue marks that represent journey groups throughout the nation and then look up and see it, you know, going across the world now. And, man, the ministry is healthy. We, The Lord is just using people that are abiding in Jesus Christ to go make abiders in Jesus Christ throughout the world Mm -hmm. and to just be a part of something that is making a difference in people's lives is exciting. You know, and Brian, I think both of us were were pretty blown away when we got to be a part of the cabinet Mm -hmm. because we just got to see how you walk by faith. Uh, You know, Rocky just pounded that down our throat. We walk by faith, and, you know, we're not ever going to change the DNA of this ministry. Mm-hmm. And for from something that was pretty small at that time, there weren't many places that um, the journey was reaching at that point. But we just saw it to start to spread kind of like a little wildfire. And mm-hmm. now to look at it and go, wow, look what the Lord has done, just mm-hmm. blows my mind. Yeah. And... Uh, and then the honor of just being on this board and getting to hang out with, you know, 
you and Rocky and just seeing and and just hearing men that are on the board and their joy of still leading journey groups. You know, it's not like we've arrived at anything and we're someplace else. We're just going, hey, listen what the Lord let or did in our journey group the other day and still encouraging one another in that. And um and not thinking that this, you know, being a part of the board is our new part of the ministry. No, our ministry is still going out and making disciples. Half of our board meetings are just prayer meetings, pretty That's much. Right. We're just praying for each other and praying for the ministry. Yeah. And, and direction of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, it's not like a bunch of business, you know, yeah. and all that. We have things to talk about every once in a while. But yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know if you remember that. But that one night we had, uh, were at Rocky's farm and we had some things that we were just kind of discussing about finances and stuff. And and we we thought we had a vision of what we should do. And Rocky had us all go out and just kind of sit underneath the stars that night and just pray mm-hmm. and just worship. And it was so amazing because the next morning we woke up and we had— it, it was like there was such unison that we weren't supposed to do what we thought. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit had showed us and, you know, reeled us back in, mm-hmm. got us back on track, and there was such unity of the Spirit that day. And I knew right then and there that this this thing was led by the Holy Spirit. This isn't a man thing. But but the devil tries to come in with these little temptations oh, yeah. to fear or to control mm-hmm. or or how hey, you got to do it like the world's doing it. You yeah. guys are foolish. You know, there's all that. We've all seen that. Oh, yeah. And we're now I think we're aware of his schemes a little more than we were in the beginning. For but, sure. Uh, yeah. But there's always been a dependence on the Holy Spirit. Always. Mm-hmm. You know, so. And always will be. Yeah. Yeah. I want to I want to spend our last few minutes here, Mark. I just since this is kind of fresh, I didn't plan on talking about this. But let's talk a little bit about what you and Regina are feeling led to start in your own home. Because okay. I think this is something that could spread to other regions, but uh, but you know you guys were were looking for a deeper community group than the, your average community group. Mm-hmm. All churches do community groups, and and that's a very important thing. And, yeah. But but a lot of the community groups are not very deep, you know, yeah. and don't get in the word. And you guys felt like I'd like to do a community group of abiders. Yes. People who've been through the journey, and, and there was also a need for people you've led through the journey to stay connected, maybe mm-hmm. or whatever. So yeah. talk just a little bit about that for our audience to maybe yeah. hear about what your heart, you guys' heart is on that. Well, after being a part of, you know, 19 journey groups, it, it has been one of those things that, you know, you it's hard to keep after or keep up with all your spiritual children. Yeah, you right. know, they're, they're all going their different directions and leading journey groups and different things like that. But, you know, we've never been a part of the group where, you know, you hear somebody saying, I can't wait till this is over. Everybody's going, I don't want this to end. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as a as a spiritual father to those people, you just like, oh, I don't want my kids going off and, you know, leaving. But in that, Regina and also, uh, Regina and I just felt like we wanted, you know, people to get together, to be the body of Christ, you know, to have unity there. And our platform is abiding. We know we want people to find that place where they're still using that that um, the journaling technique of taking people through the star of going through the word and you know spurring each other on and you know being that iron that sharpens iron to sharpen one another up so that we can go out and make a difference to the world around us and 
I think, you know, like we just talked about a while ago with us, uh, I mean, I don't know about you, but the way I felt was if I wouldn't have had Rocky uh, pouring into me and Greg Hewitt pouring into me and then getting to be a part of the cabinet and now the board, I don't know if I would have kept going like I did with the momentum because I've never felt dry. Mm -hmm. I've always felt like I've got men that love me, that pour into me and just bless me. But, but, but what about all family? Well, that. and also, what about all those guys who've gone through and then they kind of fade away? Yeah. Like if they don't keep leading journey groups, which there's a lot of people who just don't for whatever yeah. reason, um, they don't feel qualified or they get yeah. busy or whatever. They have another ministry they're working on. But, uh-huh. um, yeah. What about them? Right. Yeah. They, you know, they kind of fall by the wayside and they, you know, I, can't tell you how many men I've talked to in the past that said, oh, I went through the journey. It was the greatest thing I ever did. Well, what are you doing with it now? Well, nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, and so Regina and I just felt like for years that we needed to do things to unite the body together so that we are one body working together. And, you know, and even with community groups, the things I see with that is it's always just usually people from that church that are uniting together. Mm-hmm. And we just felt like the Lord was showing us, go and ask those people that I put in your life that are abiders, that go to different churches, just to come to your house and we're just going to journal through Scripture together and pray together and be there for one another and be that church that we see in the book of Acts. You know. And I interrupted you a minute ago, but you were also saying bringing the kids into it. So yeah. like even having... Teenage kids or, yeah. or middle school kids sitting there with, with the parents yeah. talking about journaling through the book of First John. Or Absolutely. Whatever. Because, you know, I think about my, my own boys, and I know that they've heard Regina and I, you know, say abide so many times that, you know, they don't answer the question with the answer with Jesus anymore. It's always abide, you know, <laughs> um, when we ask any questions. but That's always the right answer. Abide, exactly. Yeah. Abide, abide, abide. But... Um, but what we want is, you know, we want our boys to experience that from other men and women who have found that that is the answer. It is the only answer is abide. Hmm. And if you're abiding, everything else is going to be fine. But um, I, I think of what, how awesome it would be, you know, to have Rocky reading out of his journal and having some teenage boys listening to that and going, oh, yeah, that's what we need to do. Well, and and, and this is different than a journey group. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's just an assumption that there'll always be journey groups. Yes. And even those people in this, I'm calling it an abiding group, mm-hmm. would still be doing journey groups, hopefully, because Absolutely. there's so many people who still need that. We're yes. not going to run out of people who need no. the journey. Um, it's not but, to take the place of a journey group. No, no. It no. is actually to, you know, help that guide, that mentor that's there to go ahead and, you know, continue to carry that mantle and make sure that they're being poured into. Because it can get lonely leading a journey group. If you don't have somebody right there beside you that kind of, you know, you know, reinforcing what you're doing and saying, you know, keep going. Yeah. And and the leaders don't always get fed 
by you know because you know hopefully they have a strong co-guide but but they yeah. may not be being fed by anyone else so yes this is a way for them to to do for that sure. so yeah i i think it's a pretty cool thing that you guys have it's fresh and mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see how it goes we'll i'll report back to everybody what, yeah. what we discover because we're going to be part of it but um i think that's what i've seen in bakersfield you know we always talk about their community how strong it is yes. well they're together all the time mm-hmm. so they just do this stuff naturally yeah. so but i think some of our other regions like tulsa and here in memphis might learn something about you know these abiding groups maybe yeah. so uh i don't know well and the scripture that regina and i just feel like felt like the lord was just leading us in with this was the world will know you're my disciple by the way you love one another and the thing we know is this is the only way you can love somebody is to be close to that person yeah and so often i think we're trying to you know prove that we're god's disciples but if we just love one another and we do life together, I think people are just supernaturally drawn to that. Then they, they want what we have. Um, and that's what we want. We just want to get the body together and do life together so that, you know, people will see Jesus through us as a group. Well, you said it earlier, a great quote, you can't really love someone if you don't know them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same for Jesus, but also same for for sure. the body of Christ. Absolutely, you got to get close to people to get to to, yep. to love them. Really, you know exactly. So, yeah, cool. Well, anyway, thank you again for for all you're doing, Mark, and your thank service you. on the board, and just being being a brother to me. So. Yeah. Thank you, man. My pleasure. All right. Well, that's our time today. But uh, uh, thanks, Mark and Regina, last week. And uh, we appreciate this couple. Uh, anyway, this is the Influencers Network podcast. And I want to just keep uh, reminding you guys to, to get on our website and uh, look at our other podcast broadcasts. And you'll see a lot of great topics. And a lot of it, I'm trying to squeeze as much wisdom out of Rocky as I can while we got him here in the office. Um, so there's a lot of great interviews with Rocky and other, other topics. But also, be sure to register for for our national summit. Mark will be there. I'll be there. Uh, Rocky will be there. A lot of great people from all over the country are going to be there. And it, it is a special time when you get 320 abiders together yeah. on a mountain together. Some amazing things happen. For so, sure. uh, And we do this every other year. So if you don't do it in May, you're going to have to wait until 2021. So uh, I don't think you want to miss it, guys. Yeah. And the facility is incredible. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Shepherd yeah. of the Ozarks. And, Beautiful. Yeah, look it up. Uh, it's SotoCamp.com, I think uh-huh. it is. It's Shepherd of the Ozarks. And we eat Arkansas. good, too. Oh, the food is great, and yeah. uh, the facilities are great. So, And the, the music and the worship and the everything's awesome. For so sure. uh, we're looking forward to a great time. So register soon so you don't get shut out and you don't have to wait till 2021. So anyway, well, this has been the Network Podcast, and uh, I'm Brian Craig, Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries. I'm going to keep encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you.